0: There are more than 200 Airbus A380s flying, and there are more than 300 Boeing 747s. Most of them are cargo planes, though.
1: So the jumbo jet is not dead? It's not quite dead yet.
0: I'm Leslie Josephs, and I'm joined by Aaron Black. We cover aviation at CNBC, and this is Now Boarding, where we talk about all things travel and aviation. And today we're going to be talking about jumbo jets.
1: Yes, Jumbo Jets. Jumbo Jets, yes. Which are the 747 and the A380. Yes. But they're still technically wide bodies. They are wide bodies, but they're the biggest
0: ones that those companies (laughs) ever made. Yeah, so they're
1: no longer being made. We, in December, went and saw the last 747, which was... Really exciting. Yeah, number 1574, the last ones to roll off the line.
0: It's flying already, so that's exciting for its owner. But they're not being made anymore. There are new planes out there. There's better technology. They're more fuel efficient, and they've kind of fallen out of favor.
1: Well, let's kind of rewind a little bit and kind of talk about why they were made in the first place. Um, You know, the 747 is one of, if not the most iconic plane ever made. How did this come up and, and like why did Boeing ever make this plane in the first place? They were under a lot of pressure, you know, go back to the
0: 1960s and air travel was really taking off, especially international travel. But there wasn't a plane that could fit lots of passengers that would be cost effective for the airline and cost effective for the passenger. So a ticket that they could afford. Boeing spent the 60s, or the latter half at least, developing this aircraft. And now the design that we all know, I think it's probably the most recognizable plane out there with the hump in the front that debuted in 1969. And it's still probably the most famous plane around.
1: Today, there's also the A380 flying around, but that didn't kind of come into the picture until much later. Yeah. And, and
0: both of those companies, like we said, you know, they stopped producing them. The Airbus A380, maybe it was too late, maybe it was too early, but it did not get the timing right. That debuted in 2005, started flying commercially in 2007. So that's a, a long time after 1969. So Boeing really dominated the market with the 747 and and kind of made international travel a part of global culture.
1: I love learning when we were doing that story that like one of the original designs for the 747 was actually to do a complete double-decker. And if you see, like if you go to the um, Museum of Flight in Seattle, they have the like model of of that double-decker 747. And it looks exactly like what the A380 turned out to be, which is just kind of funny. How long of a run did the 747 have? More than 50 years, I think 50. Well, I guess it's still running. That's probably yeah, it's, not it's the right thing running. to say. Well, a
0: production run, we could say. Mm-hmm. So it, it is more than about 53 years. It debuted in 1969, started flying commercially a year later, 1970. This is a plane that could fit you know, more than 400 passengers. So you could imagine if you're flying from the U.S. to Europe or even longer routes, you know, you're you're making it more affordable. They call it the plane that shrunk the world because it was able to make international travel affordable for so many different people.
1: I also feel like it made flying just like this romantic thing, because like when you look back at all the videos of like the 747 when it first came out, like Pan Am, you know had all these amazing commercials with the 747 and people hanging out on a plane and i still think today when i'm going to go on a flight that my experience is going to be something like that and it's not uh clearly not the same as it was back in like the 70s but what were some of the like key features that were on the 747 and eventually the A380 well it did have that upper deck which we got to see
0: the the first 747 at the the flight museum in Seattle, that does kind of show they have these lounges, there was a lot of socializing going on, especially if you were in the upper class and the first class area, dining was very elaborate. Dining, I think, in in general, for a lot of international travel was very elaborate and not kind of what we know now, because there's so many people packed into such a small space. But it it just it had a lot of luxury. And maybe now we wouldn't think of those things as luxurious. And we kind of want like when people book a a flight they want a good fare but you know like mirrors on the back and it, some of them had a one had a piano at least one had a piano like mm-hmm. can you imagine like flying with, like,
1: <laughs> i mean i wouldn't be some... wanting to sit, sitting next to that piano during takeoff no or, like it's, yeah <laughs> please please like, story or piano in? please make sure yeah. this grand piano is, yeah. is locked into the floor yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: you could still kind of smell the cigarettes like when you like
1: imagine it it's just like well we when we went into ra 001 there were ashtrays I mean, yeah. this is a whole other episode why there are still ashtrays on planes, but, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was very retro, it was very, very cool, um, just a, a sign of the times of what it was like back then. Yeah,
0: and, I mean, it was kind of like this golden age of travel thing. I mean, if we were our ages then, we wouldn't be able to take out credit cards. So it mm-hmm. was, like, it was golden if you, like, had a lot of money and, like, you know, Someone else had to buy your ticket essentially, or you just had a lot of cash on you. Mm-hmm. It was another era for sure. And I think that the bar for luxury has kind of gone up and up and up, but in different ways. Things are, you know, more important, privacy and other things that maybe weren't what people were looking for in, in the 60s and the 70s, where they were just kind of like having a good time and everyone was like getting drunk in a bar upstairs. So the
1: 747 was around for like three decades before the A380 uh kind of premiered. What was so different about that when it came out? Well the A three eighty, the the capacity
0: is higher. So figure like a Boeing seven forty seven can fit around four hundred people or so. The seven the A three eighty, which is a pure double decker, like you said, it's like one layer on top of another, can fit six hundred in, in some cases. Emirates had ordered some planes that I think it was six hundred and fifteen people could fit on it. Like that's crazy. Like just think wow. of the boarding. Like that's how like all long all the people
1: in this building right now. Yeah.
0: Maybe. I don't know. but yeah. <laughs> We'll count them later and see if we could fit them. But there were some plans for even higher density configurations, like around 800 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so you could fit a lot of people in them. And then the amenities got better. So Emirates and some of these uh, countries, like state-owned flag carriers, they use that as sort of like the advertising for the airline. Like they, they – some of them have lounges. You know, you could – Drink up there. Emirates has showers on some of them, and I know that's like an experience. You see, like a lot of the bloggers and vloggers say, like, "Okay, I'm trying out the shower," and <laughs> and just like these crazy One things. One just that,
1: recently leaked into the cabin.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like which, a good like, idea, bad idea. Don't sit underneath the shower. <laughs> yeah, pass. <laughs> um, and it depends where you sit. I mean, you have to remember that like the majority of the plane is like still economy seats where you're just kind of like sitting in. And especially if you're in that middle row, mm-hmm. it's like okay you're sharing your space with like hundreds of other people, but I don't know if you like really feel that luxury. Yeah. But from what I've heard, I've never flown on an A380, but I, I don't think it. you feel like the motion as much. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's supposed to be like a fairly smooth ride, which is like an incredible thing for a four
1: engine giant plane. I have not ridden on either of them yet, but I mean, even a triple seven takeoff is pretty smooth. So I can't mm-hmm. imagine what four engines feels like.
0: Yeah, it. I mean, and they're long routes, like, but I think I was on a 747, but I was 18 and I was going to Europe for the first time and I didn't, I wish I had my boarding pass to mm-hmm. look at or some way to like look up the flight because I definitely didn't like nerd out the way
1: I would now. Right. So, <laughs> so these, these jumbo jets, as cool as they are, both Boeing and Airbus decided to stop manufacturing them. Why did that kind of happen?
0: Yeah, it's kind of a a weird thing where they both decided to stop manufacturing them, I think, within months of each other. So Boeing had been making these planes, like we said, since 1969, when the first one rolled out and then decided, you know, about three years ago, I think it was early-ish in the pandemic in 2020, that they said, like, okay, that's it. But the writing was on the wall. Boeing makes the 777. They make the 787 Dreamliner. They have more fuel-efficient planes that can get even some... In some cases longer range with just two engines and if you're an airline fuel is everything and you just want you know the cheapest most efficient plane possible and the same thing happens with the airbus you know they have the a350 which is you know their their most modern uh, jetliner and 330 neos re-engine 330s and those are you know two engine jets so like the, the quads the the four engine jets even the the airbus a340 um those have all fallen out of favor so it was it was just time i mean the pandemic even if the pandemic didn't happen i think that airlines were were moving toward these other models anyway and, and a lot of airlines have already taken the 747 out of their fleets mm-hmm. so and, and
1: retired them yeah them. i think before the pandemic all u.s airlines had taken them out yeah that's but true. um so the pandemic ended up like you know pushing them even further because obviously they stopped manufacturing them but these planes fly for like 20 years. During the pandemic, many of these planes, if not almost all of them, were grounded. Pretty much. And I mean, there was sent no in- to the desert. Yeah. And- <laughs> <Sad>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They're like, go to sleep. We'll wake you up when we're ready for you. <laughs> so uh that's essentially what happened. There was no international travel or very little international travel. It was almost impossible to go anywhere. The quarantine requirements if countries were even allowing international visitors to come, they were, it's just, it was so impossible. I mean, it almost fell to zero and it took more than a year for, for that to to sort of bounce back. Now we're in a weird position in 2023 where they need that lift. They need those planes. And some of the 380s and even 747s are, are getting reactivated. So they're, they're still flying. It's just that there are very few of them, but uh, Airbus announced it. I think it was like 20, uh, February 2019, it's Valentine's Day. And the CEO said, like, this is very sad news. It was a hard decision. Oh, it, it was, I know, day. breaking hearts oh, of geeks All around the, the world. Airplane geeks. I know, broken, broken heart emoji. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, this is a really sad decision, but we have to make it. You know, their biggest customer was Emirates. Emirates was rethinking its fleet. And this is like a full year before the pandemic really started. And I think people knew that, you know, it didn't get the orders that they, they hoped to get. They hoped to make, you know, more than 700 of them. And it was like around 250 that they actually made. Most of those are still flying and in global fleets. You know, it, it had a, a pretty short run for a plane. I mean, you think of even the 737, like that's been around since 1967. So mm-hmm. it's like a lot of these have a have a long life, but the the 380 just did not. Yeah. And I
1: feel like at the time, like 747 orders were also kind of on the decline. Um, But obviously, these planes take so long to design and get to manufacturing. So today, you know, there's a lot of airlines. I just kind of I want to go deeper into that, like, which airlines are now starting to take these planes out of the desert and actually bringing them back.
0: Etihad is taking them out of the desert. Another airline that has just a crazy first class. I think they have something called the the apartment or the residence, which is essentially a room that you can get on the upper deck of the plane. Lufthansa has it still. Uh, Singapore Airlines, which has first class suites. I mean, the rooms are crazy. There's like an orchid in there that kind of sort of like this on like <laughs> uh on a little table in the suite on the upper deck of their A380. You can fly it from JFK to Frankfurt. It's part of Star Alliance and it's like probably the You can the fly easiest. all Jumbos
1: you from can... New York to Frankfurt. It's if you're like... looking to fly on a Jumbo, Frankfurt is definitely one of the destinations you need to look up.
0: Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. seems to be just like the corridor of A380s and like all those Star Alliance airline like United, uh Lufthansa and, and Singapore. So that's one way to do it. Uh Qantas, uh, I think, is taking some of them back. But they have Um,
1: all all their
0: 747s. All their 747s are retired. Mm -hmm. I mean, if airlines weren't going to retire some of their jumbos before, the pandemic was like a no-brainer. And they're like, why are we going to hold on to this expensive plane? And then, like, the longer they're in the desert, it's all the maintenance costs and getting it back up and running. It's really expensive. But Lufthansa ordered 747s, like the latest model of a 747, not that long ago. And they're going to hold on to them because they're they're going to redo the business class cabin. So they're they're putting like real money into it. So mm-hmm. those are going to continue flying for quite a while.
1: Okay. I really want to fly on one. I still haven't. I feel ashamed to be talking on this show and I've never flown on a 747 or an A380. But I think my first choice would be 747. I don't know. <laughs> Iconic. My dream is to fly out on a 747 and back on an A380. I had that booked once
0: and I had to cancel it. And it was like, uh, I still, I think about it.
1: Yeah. It was my goal lot. in 20... I made it my goal in 2020. And then obviously that kind of uh, went away. But maybe next year. Yeah. Um. It's good to know that these airlines will still be flying them, you know, for at least five to 10 years. At least. Yeah. I'd say. I mean, you never know what's going to
0: happen with... It's always like the thing you don't expect. So like after after 9-11, it wasn't another terrorist attack. It was a global financial crisis. After the global financial crisis, it was a global pandemic. So it, there's always some kind of shock uh, that goes through the industry mm-hmm. in general, but they're, they are planning to hold on to them. And, you know, they're putting real money into those cabins. Because now I think in the pandemic, people want to spend more money on themselves. And the... The load factor, the paid load factor, that means like people that are actually paying for seats in first class, business classes, airline executives say that's gone up. So there's like a real like treat yourself sort of environment going on with travel. And those are the perfect planes to offer customers.
1: So when we saw the last 747 back in December, it was actually a cargo plane. Yeah, one that we'll
0: never get to fly, probably never get to fly in. Maybe we'll do a cargo.
1: But our Amazon packages might.
0: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It's it's one of Amazon's contractors, but that's... They fly different planes for Amazon. So the cargo programs have actually kept the 747 alive. And the 747 has this amazing design where the nose flips up, which is perfect for cargo loading. That's what it's designed for. And it is really cool to see it. And I think we got to see it. It wasn't completely closed when when yeah, the nose we were there. was open like a like a tiny yeah it was like bit. a it little like a smile, smile. Yeah. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was really cute but th- those orders like ups had ordered some of the latest models of the 747 there were some passenger airlines that did order the latest um lufthansa is one of them so they are still flying but for the most part the orders in the last few years have been cargo cargo carriers
1: so who is still flying if i if i want to fly On a 747 and a 380, which airline should I be looking at? You have more choices for the 380 in terms of numbers
0: of airlines. For the 747, you have Lufthansa, um, which still makes a lot of use of them. And we were talking about how for the newest ones that they're going to redo their business class, Korean Air still flies the 747, but not really a lot beyond that. Air China has some 747s. The A380 is a bit more common, or there are more airlines that use it, Emirates, Etihad, Air France has it. British Airways has A380s. Singapore Air has three eighties, and uh, yeah, so there there are several. All right, airlines. So I have
1: options. You
0: have options and a little
1: bit of time to
0: finally fly on one you have, of these. Jumbos. You have like a significant amount of time. Okay, so.
1: Well, I'm going to start saving because I want yeah. a, I want a business class upper deck 747 experience. No
0: like middle of like the <laughs> middle row in economy <laughs> nope, for you. No, that's not where I want to be. You don't want to get served
1: food like an hour <laughs> and a half after. I want to be up in the nose. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to... Upper deck. got to be the perfect seat. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Make the best of it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is it for this episode of Now Boarding. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time. Now Boarding is produced by Aaron Black and Leslie Josephs, with camera by Liam Mays, animations by Jason Reginato, with support from senior production manager, Kathy Mabrakakis, supervising producer, Janice Pettit, and executive producer, Camelia Angelova.